Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Women Arsecast uh, December edition. Well, there'll be a couple of December editions, but uh, let's not waste time with admin. Arsenal play Leon at Emirates Stadium on Thursday evening in the Women's Champions League in a game that I think at the beginning, or at least when the draw was made for the Champions League, I think a lot of Arsenal fans probably thought that this would be a much more pivotal game for us than it is. It is, however, a very, very pivotal game for Leon in the group, probably more so than Arsenal, who, just to remind you of the ramifications, need to avoid a five-goal defeat uh, to definitely qualify for the quarterfinals. And if they get a point or more, they will be guaranteed top of the group with a game to go away at Zurich, where they should win anyway, quite frankly. So we thought we'd have um, a look ahead to that game because um, probably, well, certainly Leon, uh, the most... Uh, the most successful women's team in history and Arsenal probably up there with Wolfsburg as the second most uh, successful women's team in the history of women's football. But to discuss the game with us, um, the person who literally wrote the book on Leon Feminine, the author of Olympic Lyonnais Queens of Europe, a contributor to the London is Blue uh, Chelsea Women podcast. I don't think there's a lot of crossover in our respective audiences there, but nevertheless... <laughs> To talk about Leon, uh, Abdullah Abdullah, thanks so much for joining us. And no, no, I appreciate it. Just another one, uh, another show. I wanted to get off on the off the bucket list and and finally finally get to be here. And especially talking about Leon, I couldn't have asked for a better better start into 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 the into the podcast. I'm very glad to be here. Absolutely, our pleasure. And uh, listen, let's let's go back. I think I think Leon, obviously, just like one of always one of the most fascinating women's teams. Uh, hence you writing a book about them um, <laughs> because of their success. But I think last season, the 21-22 season, probably the most interesting Leon season. So before we kind of look ahead to the game on Thursday night, I'd really like to rewind to last season and talk about them winning their Champions League title back. And I don't use the word their title loosely. Um, I know Leon would very much consider it their title um, because obviously Barcelona won it in 2021. And I think everyone assumed that Barcelona would do the same again in 2022. But Leon came back, roared back, beat Barcelona in the final to win the Champions League. Um, were you surprised by that um, to see Leon kind of come back and and, and win the Champions League when all the talk was about how Barcelona were the new show in town and they were going to dominate the competition, maybe in the way that Leon have over the last decade. If you're going to ask ask the fan in me, I'd say 100%, Leon were going to win it. I just knew it all along, believed in them 100%. But if you ask the analyst in me and the writer in me, then I would say that 
I think to some extent, and I think in the in the in the in the deepest heart of every Lyon fan, it was a little bit of a surprise that they came back and they were actually able to win the Champions League. Because I think there was a point where I don't think any of us thought that Lyon would be, maybe they would definitely be maybe in and around the semi-final. I, I definitely thought they were semi-final material, but I didn't think they were final and maybe winning Champions League material at least in the beginning. There was a bit of a struggle in the beginning of the season. There were moments where they were up and down weren't very consistent. And I think for me, that came down to the fact of, you know, Bombuster had come in for first full season. I think she was finding her way with the team, kind of where she wanted to take them. And, you know, I think for me, eventually it was when she got her team down and the system she wanted down, it got a lot better. But I think the moment that it turned for me was probably ideally when when it was, was, was the Wolfsburg game that Barcelona played against them. I think that was the foundation for where we could really see that Barcelona were there for the taking in in some regard, and if you can if you can follow that blueprint and 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 kind of close them down, I thought that was that was important. So I think for Leon, I think it was all right if you can get to the final and you can execute the game plan. There's you're in we're in with a you're in with a shout right now. I think with um with with what happened was I think I think Wolfsburg had figured out that if you close off their supply in midfield, stop the wide players from getting into good positions. Um, you you have a chance of stopping Alexia and stopping the rest of them from going through. And I think I think Leon did that really well. And, and the biggest surprise to me was they were happy of surrendering possession in that final. All right, Barcelona, you want possession, you take possession. We will sit, defend with our players, and and we will we will beat you in, in a different way. And that's I think what surprised me the most was that Leon changed their style. It almost showed humility in their game, saying, right, we were the best, but there's obviously this new team in town. We need to adjust to, to to kind of show everybody that we are still who we are and we can evolve. And I think that's what they did. And, and I think that's what ultimately led them to winning the Champions League. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I kind of looking at that Wolfsburg semi-final, it was almost like Wolfsburg worked out too late. Because um, yeah. you look at the second leg, I thought Wolfsburg were really, really good. And, and not even just the second leg, but maybe the last part of the first leg. It's just unfortunately the game was done um at that point but but I think you're right that that kind of that high press that you know taking the game to them and closing them down and on this occasion Leon went ahead early they got a couple of goals early and they really had something to hold on to and and like you say I, I think it was not quite underdog football but I think you're right it just showed real humility from them to kind of recognize um, that you know to be able to play that football, and I, I, I thought it was an absolutely intriguing final. Um, as a result, in um in in domestic terms, then as well, because it wasn't just the Champions League that Lyon won back; it was uh, Ligue 1 as well, which having won it, I think, fourteen times in a row, PSG took the title in twenty twenty one, and so. Leon had these kind of big twin upsets in 2021. Not only did they not win the Champions League, they didn't win their domestic league, which is, you know, almost unprecedented. And um, do, do you think that there was, I, I mean, I'm sure that was a motivator and there are a lot of soft factors behind this. Do you think that's all it was or did Leon adapt domestically as well to win their title back? I think they had to adapt a little bit to their domestic title because if you look at the season where they lost the title domestically, it was it was one point in it. So it's not like they were completely out of it, but I felt like that season Paris were just, you know, PSG were just a little bit better. And I think it was that odd season where 
they weren't exactly out of form, but they weren't exactly in form. And it was kind of a very, the first season that I remembered in a long time where there were the, the up and down in form was, was, was heavy. It was a lot of up and down in form. And maybe, maybe not in terms of results because that season they, they basically had, uh, I think, I think they lost, if I'm not wrong, one game and they had one draw and 20 wins. But then when you're playing against PSG, that one draw, that one loss is the difference between the title and that season, you know, P- PSG had two draws. If you look at it, that draw versus that loss ended up being the deciding factor. So I, I think, I think it was, it was almost, it felt very much to me like the beginning of an end of a cycle of like, you know, the Les Sommers, the Marajan, Marajan eventually gets injured. Les Sommers kind of is in and out of the team. There's a couple of players that need to go in and out, someone to leave. And it was, it was, it was very messy in a way. And I felt like going into the 2021-22 season, they needed a change. And obviously they started the season off, uh, you know, decently well. And then obviously with, I think it was six games to spare, seven games to spare, Bumpuster comes in, they they fire off, uh, you know, Vassour and and, and they bring in. I think that was the turning point. I think bringing in somebody who knew the club inside and out, club legend, knows the players that even played with some of the players that are there. I think suddenly the dressing room was a little bit more united. And I think the dressing room, uh, you know, and I've said this before, I think the dressing room had a little bit more respect for the coach in terms of listening to ideas, listening to the way she's going to play, because not to mention her assistant is Camille Abeli, another legend that's played with these teams. And it's almost like a Wendy Renard out of Hegerberg can't actually turn around and tell them we know better than you because, well, those two are living legends and you can't disrespect those legends. And and I think they finally realized the importance of, of them there. And I think that settled the, the squad and nobody could say anything. And I think that more than adjusting in tactics, more than anything else, I think was adjusting the mentality and adjusting and giving them a sense of discipline, giving the sense of identity, both on and off the pitch. I think that coming together was the basis of their success going into the following season. Yeah, that that kind of preempts um, what my next question was going to be about, Sonia uh, Bampostor, and you you've kind of put it there, and you can you know you can see that Leon went through a few coaches before that, and for example, Jean Luc Vasser. I'm I'm not really sure, you know, I I don't know. Looking from the outside, I felt like during his reign, sometimes it could have just been a scarecrow in the dugout and that it didn't really matter. And I wonder whether you think, and I know some English players who've been to Lyon now, I think there's a caveat here that generally English players struggle when they go abroad and when they don't speak the language and things like that. But I know some players have kind of gone to Lyon and said, it's like it's a, like a winning machine, but it's not like a warm friendly club to be at necessarily not that they had problems but it was just like it's a bit of a Harlem Globetrotters type thing so do you think that I guess a little bit like in the men's game right Zidane is the kind of coach or Ancelotti if you're Real Madrid it's a kind of almost quarreling of egos as much as anything do you do you think that that's the Leon job or do you think that it's evolved um, a little bit now I think it's a has been a little bit of an evolution but a lot of what you said, I think, still holds true because that dressing room still has the big names of Wendy Renard, Arda Hegerberg, Amandine Henri. You know, you've got these characters in there that are so big and they're almost the ethos of what the club represents. They've, you know, the, they're the you know the lifeline, the, the heart, the soul of the club. And 
like what Zidane did when he came in and he changed it and, and the respect that he garnered from a Ronaldo or a Benzema or, or Tony Cruz, Bombasta did the same thing with those three players, as I just mentioned. And I think, I think that was the first, I think that was what Leon missed the trick. Like you were a hundred percent, like if, if when Vasur was there and even Reynold Pedros before that, you could have put anybody, you and I could have been standing on the touchline and just, just named a team sheet and went, play and because it was the players deciding what they wanted to do on the pitch there was no real tactical direction you know the times that they started you know the, the, the one of the reasons they were so successful was just because they were just better than everybody else to put it simply like they were just a level above and so it tactics didn't really play a part in in kind of the way they they needed to play and maybe against the Wolfsburgs and the turbine potsdams of of, of the worlds at the time when they were competing in the early years but you know, later on, you know, three seasons ago, it was just like, all right, cool. We were like, when they beat Barcelona the first time, in, I think it was 2018, that 4-1, that was just like, there was no, there was no tactics. It was just get the ball out wide, play them on the counter and then just destroy them, right? Barcelona had no chance. And you look at that and, and you think, okay, that's just, this is just a superior team. And now, because everybody got a lot better, suddenly it wasn't just, oh, a Vassour who can just pick a team it was all right we need some tactics now and i think that's the reason they lost the the, the league, league and then obviously the champions league in that, in that season a couple of seasons ago because they didn't adapt and they couldn't adapt and i thought the coach just didn't have any ideas there was no respect and then sonia comes in you know we talked about the, the respect factor the fear almost the fear factor internally in a good way and i think she tactically for me brought an identity that was never there before Right, they actually suddenly had a style of playing. They had something on the pitch that you could relate to, and even the the players that they wanted to bring in almost rep- represented that. Right, and okay, so she inherited a lot of the team, and obviously over the summer, you know, they brought in one or two players. Lindsay Horan comes in, Sara Dabritz gets signed, you know, uh, as the two of the notable players, and I think they kind of fitted into the way the club wanted to play. And I, I feel like at least until right now, which we'll get into, uh, I'm assuming in, in a few, but like it was, all right, we're going in a certain direction. It's working out for the, for the best part. And, you know, finally Leon have this, this, this ethos. And I think that is what took them to the win because they stuck to their principles, but they weren't afraid of maybe enhancing and tweaking their principles to make it work for them. And then, you know, and beat Barcelona at their own game. And coming on to this season then, I mean, a, a lot of a, I, I want to deal with the Arsenal game separately next, but um, just talking more generally, like even domestically, I've seen that by their standards, not had the results they wanted. You know, over the weekend they lost a big game to PSG, and um, I mean something I was told ahead of um, the initial Leon Arsenal game was how open Leon looked defensively. What what why have Leon? again, by their own standards, struggled this season. Is it just injuries? Because we know they've got a lot, or there are other factors, do you think? I think it's a little bit of both. I think I think I, I would say that 70% of the problem is injuries. Because if you look at, at one point, there were 10 players out, and all key players, Ellie Carpenter's out with a long-term injury, Katarina Makari's out with a long-term injury, Amal Madri obviously was pregnant, and so she was out of action for a long time. Grigian boxed out with a major knee injury. You know, and then and then the list like Dabritz is currently out for four months, and you you've just got these the key players that have been in and out. So I think first injuries for sure, and not just to like fringe players, but players that you can is very very difficult to replace. I mean, 
you, you obviously I think Arsenal were lucky in a sense when Leah Williamson and Ophelia were out. You okay, lots of women Moy stepped in, but not every club has the luxury of being able to have someone come in and, and have the luck of right that player steps up. It could have very easily been that she maybe didn't come up to the mark and then there would have been a few issues. And I think Leon's problem was They've got players, I think, and one player I'll touch on right now is Alice Sombath, who's come through the academy. She's had a few minutes last season. She has the quality. She's a very, very promising centre-back. But the problem is, because of Renard and Buchanan and Mbok playing ahead of her in the season before, she had very few limited minutes where... You know, compared to other younger centre backs who maybe get a little bit more minutes. So now when she's kind of thrust into first being the third choice centre back after Buchanan leaves, but then being thrust into being the first choice. Um, while I think the domestic game she can handle, it's these big Champions League games where, you know, she needs to step in, but then just isolating it to her, she now has to play at right back. Because the, the right backs get injured, whether it's Inez Jorena, whether it's Janice Kamen who has to be given a rest. And so this, there's, I think there's this constant shifting in positions, especially in the back line for Leon, where it hasn't helped. I thought, I thought, you know, I think Christian Endler has not had the best form this season. I think she's dropped off from last season to her high standards. You know, Renard's been in and out of the team through injury. So the consistency, the chemistry between the players in terms of having a stable back line hasn't been there. And I think that's affected the back. And I think that's affected the front as well. You know, when you lose someone like... Kadisha Buchanan, who played a large chunk of last season. You lose someone like Regent Bok. These two players are excellent ball progressors. They're excellent playing out of the back. They're intelligent in covering. They're two of the best centre-backs in the world. Suddenly, in one summer, you lose both, right, for different reasons. And it's tough to cope. You know, you can't expect an 18 or 19-year-old to come in and suddenly say, all right, you need to perform to the requisite level of your predecessor, right? You, you, I, I, It's a little bit unfair, and I don't think anybody expected that from her. But at the same time, you know, to me, I felt like Leon banked on her to be that 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 next player to step in. And but I I think for them it was they weren't expecting a box to get injured over the summer, and they wanted to ease her into into minutes. So I think that's one part. I think secondly, and I, I this kind of maybe goes against what I was just saying earlier about Sonia Bompasso. But I feel like there's maybe now starting to become a slight lack of um, lack of ideas and lack of evolution, which again we we need to come on to because. There's no Ada Hegerberg and there's no uh, Macario. Now, those two together scored about 35 or 40 goals for Leon. Macario was the high top scorer with 22, and Ada Hegerberg had 16, and then Millard had 16. Now, I think Millard's 16 goals came majority, majority because of the way the others played, and so she was in the right position, right time. But I think the ones that made them tick was... Uh, was was a Macario and Hegerberg. And when you lose both of your top goal scorers and playmakers in that team... You are asking for for, for you know to, to 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 struggle for goals, and I what I felt like is the way Leon played last season was use Macario as this attacking number eight ten running late into the box scoring goals you know that way by making late runs. Problem is they don't actually have anybody else like her. You know Lindsay Horan, Van der Donk, uh, Saladides. All of these all of these players are ones that like to play around the box, play, make, hold the ball. Nobody wants to run in behind. And when you've got someone like Signe Brun or, or Eugenie Les Sommer in the forward line, they can play like Arda. But the problem with them is if you're going to replicate the same system, you need to have the similar sort of personnel in there. And I feel like Leon don't have the same personnel. They're playing... Vanderdonk and Haran as their two advanced midfielders, but they're very much playmakers. They want runners... 
and there's only one runner in Millard. And so that evolution hasn't happened where, okay, maybe we need to adjust the gains to get in more crosses to get into Signet Bruin, or we play into the half spaces to play into Eugenie Lissomer's, you know, uh, strengths. So I think that for me is where the problem has been this season in terms of, of Leon's lack of change and lack of evolution. And and I think they have the players to to, to make an effect, but if she doesn't change a little bit, I, I think I think it's going to suffer a little bit more. Yeah, and talking about like, um, I will come on to Signa Bruin um, a little bit later, but yeah, if you want to get crosses into someone like her, Ellie Carpenter would be really, really helpful yeah. um, at right back. And I, I look at um, like Buchanan in almost exactly the same way I look at Nikita Paris at Arsenal in that they both left kind of in search of minutes and you just think, man, if you'd stayed this season, you'd have got loads. Like Buchanan would have played every minute of every game. Ditto Nikita Paris, left Arsenal because she couldn't get past Beth Mead. Now Beth Mead is out for the season. Nikita Paris would be playing every game at the moment, but Selavie, as it were. Um, (laughs) Let's come on to that Leon-Arsenal game then, um, if it's not too painful to do so. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, I was up high in the press box um, in that game, and I took a picture of the pitch about five minutes in because I just couldn't believe how much space there was in behind. And I think I tweeted something and I was like, if Leon don't close this up, <laughs> Arsenal are going to score some goals tonight. And when I spoke to a lot of the Arsenal players afterwards, a lot a lot of them said the same thing. They said, yeah, we came in with a game plan. We'd seen that Leon were getting exposed behind their fullbacks. We believed in it. But as the game went on, we just believed in it more and more. And I think they had, Arsenal had the same realisation where they were like, they're going to keep letting us do this. They're just going to keep letting us run in behind. I mean, were you, like I said earlier, I was was told before, like Leon's defence is there for the taking. But I kind of thought, okay, maybe we can score some goals tonight. Maybe we can get a draw or something like that. I mean, how surprised were you by how that first game actually turned out? I am very surprised because at at one point, now I didn't think, I thought that Arsenal were the favourites for the game for sure. That was my reading of the game as well. Leon weren't the greatest defensively and they were struggling for defenders. And I think that was the, uh, if I'm not wrong, that was the height of their injury crisis. Everybody was going left, out, left, right, and centre. They they just stitched together this 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 backline. I mean, at the, uh, that day, Inez Jarena was playing at right back, and that was maybe her third or fourth game. Then she's actually a defensive midfielder that had come from Bordeaux in the summer. And you know, I mean, no offense to her, but she's not of the requisite quality. She's there as a backup and purely as a backup for, for the league games. You know, right? In, in in my opinion, and to thrust her in against Arsenal, whoever's playing on that left wing is is, is a tough ask. So I don't blame her for what happened, but she's not a right back, so some of her positioning was so off. I remember the tweet that you made because I saw it and then literally I was watching the highlights and I saw your tweet and I just literally saw I think it was the third goal thing and I went this is this is they were asking for it and I I don't know if you'd agree with me I I actually thought maybe three or four of the goals uh, Leon gave away it was their their own doing was we just they just gave us the ball Austin was like okay we'll just okay you're giving this to us we'll, we'll just score and they didn't have the defenders. I think they didn't have the momentum at the time. Everything was going pear-shaped and 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 it was just bad. So, I mean, I, I in one way, I'm like, right, deserved. You gave away five, essentially you gave away five goals of your own doing, right? Uh, I was expecting maybe at worst a 2-1 loss, maybe a 1-1 draw, but I certainly wasn't expecting a 5-1. And 
you know, if if I can link it to the game that they played last night, while I while I haven't watched the whole thing because it kicked off at midnight my time, but uh, from what I read, I read and what I saw a little bit was they were in the game. I mean, they had twenty shots, you know, eight, six, seven, eight on target. So they have rallied back into some sort of a team and some sort of a system and setup. Uh, there is a missing, and obviously we'll talk about that when we get to the the, the game this week, but. I think that that game they just weren't prepared. They just weren't prepared. I think I think they were they were completely out of it. They were stitching together a backline. The injuries were mounting. Everybody was frustrated, and it just was it was just it was just there for the taking. If I can put it plainly. Yeah, and and of course this Thursday's game. I th- I think as well one of the things that um, when I was out there at the first game, someone said to me as well, who's um, you know who watches Leon a lot, is said actually a lot of these injuries aren't going to clear up anytime soon. Like they're not one, two, three week injuries. Um, how, I, I think Cascarino's back now. How how different will the Leon team look to Thursday night compared to the one that played in October? Oh, I, I think, I think hugely different. I think one key person that we, we haven't mentioned at all yet, I think is Vanessa Giles coming into that, coming in on loan. She's hugely experienced, obviously, you know, has played in the has played in the league before, uh, was playing in Angel City, obviously coming on a year loan. And I, to me at the time I said that when she was signed, obviously she and then she came in carrying an injury. So it's not like you could have you could thrust her and she came in with an ankle injury as well. So for me, I thought I thought she was going to be a very key signing because she comes in with experience, someone who speaks the language. You know, we do we talked about knowing the language. I mean, I think if we look at one successful player there that came from England, Lucy Bronze, she learned French, settled in, and I think her status and 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 just ability as a player, the the, the team was like, yeah, this is this is the player that you know we can, you know, the level that we like and the level that we want. And so obviously they integrated into the team a little bit better than I think others, but. I think Vanessa has that same quality that I think in terms of the the aura coming into to a Leon going okay now she's not the best center back in the world but I think the way she carries herself what she's done playing in the league I think the team respects that and I think they know that you know from from what was available you know she was probably the best option and she's kind of come in she settled in and I think now her being in the back line you know, having a bit more of a settled Janice Cayman in the back line, Bernard, and then one other player and I'm going to bring up now, I think that has been so hugely underrated this season is Pearl Moroni coming in at left back. For the last couple of years, she obviously played at PSG and then she came to Lyon last season. She was kind of the so-so left back, supportive defensive left back, kind of sat there, did her job, but wasn't really doing anything major, great, you know. But this season, she's kind of come in and given the team a little bit more of a, a defensive solidarity. Um, you know, it's it's between her and Salma Bashak, depending on the tactics. And every time I've seen Moroni play this season, it's been it's been very very. She's been defensively solid. She's offered enough to to support the back line, which has allowed Janice Kamen to push forward, being a natural you know winger on the right side. And so she's brought a little bit more balance. And I feel like the the, the Leon will see against Arsenal on Thursday, at least from a defensive perspective, is a lot more settled, if I can put it that way. There's not a lot of spaces going in behind. They've restricted PSG to maybe, I think, five or six shots in total, right? Yes, they lost to a, to a set piece. Unlucky, really annoying. But, you know, the signs of, of more disciplined and better defense uh, is there. And obviously going forward, Cascarino's back, always a dangerous winger for me. You know, one of the best young prospects uh, going forward. I, I, feel, I feel like, and obviously a player you know very well, Daniela Vanderdonk, I think, has now settled into to Leon really well. And she's become first choice. Yes, maybe due to injury, 
but she's become first choice and actually playing really well next to Lindsay Horan and Demaris uh, as the number six. And I think that midfield trio, it almost reminds me of the the current Croatia men's midfield of Kovacic, Brozovic, and 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 uh, Modric, where you've got three players who are who are good, and I think the team runs through that middle three. The middle three perform. The rest of the team thrives around them, and so yeah, I think for me it's it's a very settled side now, and 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 maybe there's a couple of question marks in 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 the striker and 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 the things and where the goal is going to come from. But I think from a progression standpoint, from a defensive standpoint, I'm a lot more um, happy with it now than I was a couple of months ago. Yeah, I I, uh, I ran into DVD in um, a hotel before before the game actually, and um, you know just had like a bit of a catch up, and you know congratulated her on on winning the Champions League, and she said yeah, but I want she was an unused sub in the final, and she said yeah, but I want to do it when I'm on the pitch. Uh, she was like I was really grateful to be back from injury because she had a nasty injury last season, but she was like. I want to do it again. I want to get on the pitch this time. And I know she's really, really determined to do that. Um, one question, like one area where Leon won't be um, augmented really tomorrow night is is up front, uh, is the centre forward position. Um, and they're playing Signe Brun there at the moment, um, a, a player Arsenal have been linked with. Um, I don't believe there's been any contact yet. Uh, maybe she's on a list um, or something, but Arsenal are certainly looking to bring in at least one forward in January. Obviously, Ada Hegerberg continues to have injury problems and I'm I'm kind of fascinated by, do you think Leon will do anything there in January? I've had a theory for a while they might like to test Man United for Alessia Russo, but do do you kind of agree that Leon will probably buy a big striker soon. And do you think it will be as soon as January? I, yeah, I think Leon are looking for a strike and I think they need one. I mean, the way things are going, um, you know, they are lacking firepower up front. Obviously we don't know when, uh, obviously we talked, you talked to, you just mentioned Ada Hagerberg and we don't know when her return is, you know, she's, she's kind of an unknown, unknown return date. We don't know when Makari is coming back. And if she does come back, how long does it take to get her to full fitness? You know, et cetera, et cetera. And I think this next striker signing is almost a little bit of forward planning as well. I think they know that there is a cycle that needs to be run through now very, very soon, whether it's this summer, as far early as this summer or next summer, we don't know yet. But I think there is there's a hint of that. And, and I would love to test Man United's resolve on, on Alessia Russo. You know, but the, the the current issue is that because she doesn't count as an EU player and it's a non-EU player, there's no slots left at Leon. So you've got Haran, you've got Carpenter, you've got Macario, you know, and 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 you you've got these players there, and obviously uh, Tian Endler as well. But the problem is now, who do you get rid of now in the summer when Haran finishes her loan? You suddenly have a slot open. So I can see her maybe coming on a free. And my theory is. Hegerberg's contract finishes in 2025 or 2024, 25, if I'm not wrong. You know, you tell Russo, look, you come in, you learn from one of the best strikers in the world, you know, and, you know, if there is a feeling of, okay, Arda's not going to renew, she's going to move on, you will be groomed to be Leon's new number nine in the new cycle, along with Macario, you know, Cascarino and that spine that's there. So there is, a, I, I, you know, I, I would agree that I think, I mean, if there's an opportunity that comes and the slots are open, I no no doubt I think they would try. But um, you know, the, the, but I think 
either way, I think they need to go and pick some a, some sort of striker or attacker in in uh, in in January because I'm not entirely convinced by Melvin Malad this season as well. I, I think she's she obviously scored a lot of goals last season, but this season I don't think she's been very clinical. I think she's been she's been she's been okay, but there's no other real alternative on that side. They've got a couple of players, Vicky Beshos there, but again, someone who better off the bench. So I think there is a little bit of shopping to do in January. It's just about who's available and and whether they're able to uh, to pick somebody up at a at a good price. Yeah, I think Arsenal are in a in a very similar position actually in terms of um, trying to pick someone up um, in January. Just um, a final question then to finish. Now, obviously, Leon in a situation where you know there are two games left. They're currently second um, in the group. They've got Arsenal away and then they finish with Juventus at home, which looks like it's going to be a bit of a, a bit of a playoff because you'd expect Juventus um, to beat Zurich at home uh, on Thursday night as well. So do you see, is there any chance in your mind that Leon amazingly don't get out of this group or do you think they'll do it? I don't even want to imagine that. <laughs> It's too scary to imagine that situation. I mean, obviously, there is a possibility. The way their form is, there is a possibility. But I think the Champions League is their home. The Champions League is is the one competition that they get up for and they wake up for. Every player at that club lives, breathes the Champions League more than the domestic league. And I think every player that's there is like, we want to win the Champions League. This is an eight-time European Championship team. We want to do well and maybe not against Arsenal. Maybe they do come up. Maybe this is the time that they decide, right? We, this is, this is now or never. I don't think there's ever been a, a pressure situation like this in terms of qualification ever before. Maybe this is the moment they get up and say, right, we need to make a change. We need to win. We need to get, we need to get three or four points on these two games. We can do it. I mean, last season, uh, arguably, obviously they had the, they had the other players available, but, they were in a similar situation against Juventus, right? In the in the in the in the, in the quarterfinals, first leg, lost their Ellie Carpenter's a red card. Everything was going well, and it kind of went on their head. Come back in that second leg, smashed it, and won three one, right? So, um, I think there's I I think there is I think they'll do it. I think whether it's uh, maybe not against Arsenal, but I think against Juventus they'll come back because the game Juventus against Arsenal as well was was a tight affair as well, and, and obviously Arsenal just sneaked it out, but. Um, I think I think Leon have got the players. I think they've got the thing, and I think they know that if they win this, they go into January in a much better position in terms of getting the players, resetting, and then being able to get ready for the knockout stages come three four months from now. So, yeah, I th- I'm gonna I'm gonna be the optimistic uh, fan and, and say yeah, we'll, we'll make it through. Yeah, I I have to say I agree, and and I agree with your point there that I think Leon in March are going to look like a very different team compared to to how they are now. Um, I also think given the size of the Women's Champions League, that finishing second in, like, I don't think finishing top versus finishing second is as much of an advantage because I'm looking at some of the teams who might finish second in their groups and, you know, thinking, yeah, I don't really want to play any of them either. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and like you say, I think, I actually think there's something about Leon that even if like, if they drew Barcelona in the quarterfinal, for example, like they'd, they'd be bang up for that, just like they were the final. And if there's one team you'd back in a situation like that, it's Leon. And I have to yeah. say, like in terms of the overall competition, if, I, I feel like Leon will either go out in the groups or they'll win it. I, I really don't feel like there's much of an in-between, but 
Um, we will see that will all unfold potentially on Thursday evening um, at Emirates Stadium. It's going to be a weird position for Arsenal as well because they kind of, a draw will do them. Not getting thrashed will do them as well, um, quite <laughs> frankly. So um, we'll see how that goes. But Abdullah, thanks so much for your insight on that. And, you know, I've been wanting to do a pod on Leon anyway for ages because they're so fascinating. And obviously the two teams meeting this Thursday was the perfect opportunity to do it. And uh, we'll have you back on at the end of May ahead of Arsenal Leon in the final. <laughs> Absolutely. I'll be looking forward to, to breaking that one down. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Thanks very much for downloading and listening. We will be back probably next week with uh, me, uh, Alex, and or Pippa um, with a mailbag episode. I'll, I'll be out in Zurich for uh, the last game, so we'll see how the schedule works for that. But we'll come, we'll come at you with a mailbag um, definitely before Christmas. Thanks very much for listening and downloading, and we will speak to you again presently. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.